You're listening to the Creating Healthy Families podcast, a podcast designed to prompt purposeful relationships in your family. Now, here's your host, Link Taylor. Hey, welcome to Creating Healthy Families. I'm your host, Link Taylor. So glad you are with us today. I believe this is episode eight, and we're having a good time and just talking about how we best uh, become intentional and purposeful in in doing life as family through the lens of a parent, uh, maybe brother, sister, uh, through the marriage relationship. And so today we have a very special guest, Michelle Dyer. Michelle, welcome today. Thank you for having me, Link. It's so good to be here. Absolutely. So glad you're with us. Uh, Michelle serves here uh, on the staff at Brentwood Baptist Church as our place minister and uh, work along uh, uh, working alongside our congregations to help um, just help our members and staff discover kind of who they are, their gifts, spiritual gifts, passions, maybe even recognize personalities, anything else that you would that throw into that. pretty well covers it. Yeah, we just want people to understand how they're called to ministry and, you know, how they're gifted and wired and what that means for themselves and their families, their friends, Yeah, it, it's a, a powerful um, place that you serve here in the place ministry. Thank you. Uh, because it's helping, it's, it really helps people uh, be kind of become aware how God has wired them. Yes. And then how can I best serve in the body of Christ, that I'm, the local body of that church that I can serve in. So it's fantastic. Uh, I love Thanks. it. And married and two boys. Married and two boys. Married almost 23 years. Um, two boys who are 22 and 18. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of a newly empty nester. I guess the first yeah. empty nester of college and then they come back I think. Yeah, don't say it <laughs> yeah but uh hey so glad you're here and so today um i kind of brought michelle in michelle uh is a leading authority wow <laughs> well at least you are a strong voice uh in the enneagram and um, yes. and just kind of how how that is being utilized that the tool that that is and uh and so i'm glad you're here to kind of a kind of a two-part. We're going to kind of spend this podcast unpacking um, each of the nine kind of distinct, um, I guess, strategies. What, what do you call the each, the personality types? or? Well, they're called, yeah, generally type or, if you want to get really technical, archetype. So wow. that sounds okay. official, yeah, right? Yeah, that sounds official. makes this podcast look sound really, <laughs> really official. Uh, but, yeah, so today we're just going to, uh, on this one, on this podcast, just kind of unpack each one. And the next one, we kind of begin to really look at the impact of knowing uh, what uh, number we we have identified ourselves as, how it helps us, and how it helps us to relate to others in our family. So, uh, so yeah, so glad you're here. So any any other setups you want to give to the Enneagram kind of before we start uh, looking at it? Well, I just want to sort of emphasize that Enneagram is really a complex um, tool. It's probably the most complex personality assessment out there. So some if someone's interested in learning more about it, um, you can do a lot of great research Um on the internet, you kind of want to be careful what you run into out there because there are some interesting sources that aren't so um, resourceful, so to speak, or yes. trustworthy. Uh-huh. But there's some great books, too, which we'll talk about and some good ways to go a little bit deeper than what we're going to do today. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just kind of get the tip of the iceberg, sure. but it will hopefully get some curiosity up. Yeah, exactly. And I know the Enneagram is discussed a lot 
college campuses. <laughs> a, a lot. lot of the, yes. Kind of the millennial generation. I uh, love it. And, uh, but it's, it's great. And as long as it's being utilized as the tool um, yeah. uh, that it can be, it's, it's fantastic. And we will reveal my Enneagram. At the end of this podcast. Oh, my goodness. I think, unless you make mine look bad. We'll, we'll see. And then you can choose which one you want. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so Michelle, I guess let's just kind of just start us off. Uh, just kind of walk through each one. Okay. Kind of the highlights. Um, what are the traits of it? Uh, maybe some examples of kind of has lived out. Okay. Yeah. So there are nine types. Um, and each one of them basically is motivated by something different. So Enneagram really speaks to internal motivation and internal fear. And mm. so it's not so much about your outward behavior. It's more about what's happening inside that most people never see. So if you think mm. of an iceberg, you know, above the surface, you barely see the tip of the iceberg, you know, and that is kind of our outward behavior that most people see. Right. But the inward behavior, um, the fears, the defense mechanisms, the, you know, motivators, those things are things that most people don't ever see. And that's what Enneagram seeks to help you understand. Mm. So. No, so this is going to be great. As we look through the lens of our family members. Yes. That we all have these uh, various personalities. Yes. And so when we react, when we say things, how we feel, Mm -hmm. it's so good when we know these things. So as as our listeners are kind of listening, uh, kind of be thinking through the lens of maybe what you might have. And I think Michelle's going to share at the end of this one or the next one kind of some assessments that you can take to help identify what you might be. So, right. Absolutely. Anyway. Yeah. So, so we'll start and just kind of go through the nine types. I'm just going to start with, and they're numbers. So it's one through nine. Um, so number one are the reformers. And these are folks who are really rational. Um, they're kind of idealistic. They're principled and purposeful, but they're very self-controlled and, you know, conscientious about what's happening around them. Um, somewhat perfectionistic, mm-hmm. so these are quality-centered people, and they really are motivated by doing what's right, and they're good at seeing something that's broken and doing their very best to find, you know, to problem-solve and to fix it. So focused on making the world a better place by taking what's broken, fixing it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that's our reformers, our number one. Number two, these are helpers. And these folks are, um, they're caring, they're very motivated by relationships and interpersonal interaction. These folks really strive to demonstrate their um, care for other people. Um, they're somewhat people-pleasing. And they're kind of willing to let things, you know, slide past that maybe they might need to stand up for justice, but instead they opt for trying to kind of smooth it over for the sake of the relationship. So um, they can be very possessive of relationships, but really they're motivated by wanting to be liked, wanting to be, um, you know, friendly and wanting to take care of people. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I like the examples or, or kind of some, some uh, I guess those are outward traits. Yes. That are shown, but there's, of course, an inward 
yeah. feeling that you have that's mm-hmm. lived out through what we see. Yeah. yeah, and it's really important to keep in mind that, you know, we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. And the thing about Enneagram is it kind of exposes those deep um, feelings or motivations that yeah. we might do our best to try to hide from the world. So. The thing we have to be careful of with Enneagram is when someone, you know someone's Enneagram type, you kind of have to be <laughs> gentle about not pushing buttons exactly. based on those things. So anyway. Yeah, or using it as a weapon. As a weapon. Yeah. Um, or just um, saying, well, they're just a two or they're just a. As a crutch. Seven. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, or then themselves use that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, because yeah, the idea with Enneagram is that we want to use it for growth. And the thing I love about it is it's not seeking to box you in. Mm -hmm. It's actually seeking to give you tools from all the other types besides yours to tap into to change and transform. That's awesome. So, all right, back to our types. So number three, the achiever. Uh, These folks are success oriented. And so they are pragmatic. They know how to get the job done. They're adaptive. They are um, creative in terms of coming up with how things could be uh, accelerated to be completed. And so they're really motivated by outshining everyone and everything else. You know, I mean, they love to shine um, and they love to get the job done and to be able to check the box and say, I got this and this and this and this completed today. So they're just do it kind of folks. That's good. Yeah. Our number four are the individualists. So these um, creative people are sensitive. They are um, expressive. They really do see the beauty in the world. They are good at, you know, they're humorous a lot of times from a witty perspective, and they see the world a lot different than the rest of us do. They're very introspective. They know what they're feeling. They are in tune with their emotions. And they can, you know, sometimes be a little bit highs and lows, not necessarily dramatic, but they really experience those emotions. So it's fascinating because I, you know, I, I know some of these. Um, if, if the more I talk about it, I think the more I realize that I don't know these, but I do know enough of the characteristics of these and knowing people that have. Mm. To know the number they are. It's fascinating to hear you talk about these. I'm <laughs> it's, like, yes, that is that person. Yes, exactly. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a judgment. It's just it is what it is, and it, it's it's exactly it's fascinating when we know that and yeah. we recognize how they're wired and how God created them and right and uh, yeah. yeah, just as many positive traits yeah, just as the uniqueness of that. Right. There may be challenges. Yeah. So fours are really motivated by being unique. They pride themselves on. Being different than the rest of the world, maybe a little bit of nonconformity mm-hmm. happening there. They don't want to be just like everybody else, so march to the beat of their own drummer. Right. Wow. Okay. So number five are um, investigators. So fives are intensely um, thoughtful. They're really most of the time cerebral, intellectual, um, very perceptive about the world and how it works. They're innovative. Um, they really are more to themselves, so a lot of times can be come across as being a little more isolated. Hmm. They wake up each morning with a you know, finite amount of energy for people in general, so most fives are introverts. Um, and they just love to learn, they love to explore, 
You know, it's all about knowledge and understanding for a five. That's great. Yeah. Sixes are the loyalists. So sixes are, uh, honestly, in my opinion, sixes can be kind of the most uh, complex personality because they now you've called me complex before but i'm a well I'm not a six but you're anyway, the other but, complex personality <laughs> oh, okay all right so you <laughs> six I think, is, I think you called me complicated one time but, I won't, I won't <laughs> but you're not that. holding that against me right <laughs> no no i'm not i meant it as a compliment um sixes are very committed to seeing all the what-ifs so they are contingency planners. Mm-hmm. They are good at protecting themselves, but they have a real we perspective, meaning they look at the good of everybody else around them, where some of the other types are kind of looking out for me. Wow. Sixes yeah. are looking out for we. So hmm. they, I like how that's phrased. Yeah. yeah, they're, you know, responsible. They are maybe a little suspicious at times, you know, they're kind of, they're not going to accept something at face value. They're inquisitive, trying to make sure that something is what it appears to be. So they're really after safety and very motivated by keeping themselves and others safe. I have a daughter who's a six and I've got some examples, but I'll maybe use that next time. That would be really <laughs> I good. What, I probably need to call her to make sure that, that okay. you can use that. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> she might care about that. Yes, I would be careful. Yeah. All right. So sevens uh, are the enthusiasts. Yes. Sevens are all about experience and they mm-hmm. love to uh, be busy. They love to be spontaneous. They're versatile. They're, um, you know, at times, maybe a little scattered because there are so many great things in life to experience. Um, so they want to get the most out of life. And they are really all about um, not missing out yes. on things. So they probably have a hard time being in one place when they realize there's, there's another party going on. Another. And whatever it is, experience, and they can't yeah. be in both. Yeah. Uh, that, that can be unnerving for a seven for sure. FOMO is yeah. a big deal. Like I, and they're always thinking about the next right. great oh, gosh. thing. Yeah, that's you know, a, that's I'm on great... vacation thinking about the next great vacation I'm going right. to take. Yeah. So <laughs> sevens are fun loving people, though, for sure. And then we have the eights, and eights are challengers. So eights are, you know, they have this powerful demeanor. Yes. They kind of have a presence. They walk in the room, and you know, an eight has arrived, you know, self confident, <laughs> decisive. They're willful, um, maybe even a little confrontational, or some can even be a little aggressive at times yeah. in pursuing something they but feel is loving. important. <laughs> Giving yourself away, Link. <laughs> so loving. Sevens or eights, really, honestly, they look out for, they're like sixes looking out for the greater good. Yeah. Um, they are we centered most of the time. And so the problem is, and what makes an eight complex is they are focused on everybody else, but they're exerting that through their own will in a very strong way. Strong, right. Yeah. yeah. So, Or seeing a goal, and then they don't realize what's between them and that goal, and so they don't realize who they're impacting, positive or negative, you, in order to reach that goal. That's right. I don't know. I'm just trying to— I mean, I'm just talking for a friend, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's a, this somebody I know that might be an eight. <laughs> that's right. That, uh, you know, yes. I have a, my wife tells me about eights sometimes. Is I don't that know, right? I don't know why she picks out that number I don't know me. how but she anyway. knows all that. But yeah. 
Yeah, so eights are um, – I've heard that it's said that eights are motivated by not being controlled. And so it's not necessarily that they have to be in control. They can respect strong leadership, but they just don't want somebody to try to control them. Wow. So I'm going to be quiet. Here. Moving on. <laughs> the nine is the peacemaker. And so um, I am surrounded by nines in my family. Um, these folks are, you know, self-effacing. They sometimes can forget their own wants and desires because they so sense the wants and desires of other people. And they're trying to synthesize those wants and desires all day long. So they are, um, you know, reassuring. They're at times, um, you know, compliant. Uh, they'll go along to get along. Nines might say yes when they really mean no. Um, so they avoid hmm. conflict. They don't really love conflict at all. Um, but they can also be the best advisors. Um, they can be incredible um, peacemakers. And so... They are really motivated by keeping balance in their world. They don't like things to be out of whack or, you know, um, dis, disharmonious, right. if you will. Okay. All right. That's a great, quick description of each. Now, talk yes. to me briefly about if you're a number, let's say you're a three, mm-hmm. and I've heard that you're either a wing, if you're a three, you're a wing two or a wing four. Right. And so every number has a wing, which is really the number to your left or to the right of that number. But yes. talk about that briefly and how that it might be a, a game changer for that. Yeah. I don't know if that's the word or not. But. Well, it does really <clears throat> make our types look differently. Like you and I could both be threes, but our wing could really cause us to look quite different from each other. Um, so the wing is, like you said, the number on either side of our primary type. And it has influence, you know, in the way that that type looks. So um, older Enneagram theory, that is theory that really kind of developed in the 60s. Enneagram's been around for centuries, even millennia. Um, Goes back actually to around the time that Socrates was developing, you know, his theories about personality in 390 B.C., the Bedouins were developing philosophy about the Enneagram. Wow. It just really wasn't um, organized into like a usable tool until mm-hmm. the 60s by Rizzo Hudson. And they really thought that you probably had one wing. Uh, newer Enneagram theory suggests that you probably use both types on either side of your number to some degree, but one is probably a little bit more pronounced than the other. But either way, you don't have a wing that is across, you know, the diagram from your number. seven wing two. That's right. That's right. Those are different. Uh, They play into your number, but not the way wings do. Wings are the – just think of it like a bird. It's the, you know, wing on either side of your number. Well, that's good. Well, Shelly, thank you for giving just a quick rundown of each. And uh, so talk to me about how somebody in the next the next podcast, we're going to kind of get dive into more of the impact this can have when you know your your Enneagram type um, to children to spouse. Um, 
But tell us how, maybe some ways that they can find an assessment if they have not taken an Enneagram. Yes. Well, they're welcome to contact me. I do have one that I can, you know, send them that is purchased, and I can get it at a discount um, if they'd like to do that. But there are some good free Enneagram assessments out there. I think one of my favorites is the Truity Enneagram. So Truity is T-R-U-I-T-Y. Um, dot com and there's you know selection for the enneagram assessment there. Um, it really is pretty terrific for not costing anything, and it'll give you a good starter point. Okay. Yeah. Because truly, the the reason that uh, the assessments were never devised in the first place is because the people who conceived of the enneagram didn't want you to just be able to figure it out. They wanted you to wrestle with it. Hmm. So another resource I recommend is actually the book called uh, The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron, written from a Christian perspective, Mm -hmm. talks about relationship, and he has, I believe, in there a good assessment you can take. That's awesome. Well, thank you uh, today. And and as we fully understand as uh, as people who understand who we are in Christ and that we understand that God has uniquely – created us and wired us and knitted us together. Mm. Um, this is a, a powerful tool to continue to to kind of peel back the layers, really, of, of God's creativity yes. um, and how he has uh, brought us together and all these unique personality types for uh, it's not boring when we're all just, you know, we're not the same. It's not monotone. Uh, and so the better we can understand how God has wired us. Why do I feel this way? When somebody says something, why do I, you know, why does it cause joy or why does it cause, you know, angst in me? I mean, just all these things that we can uh, kind of have a better grip uh, grip on why uh, why God has made us the way we, we are and what purpose we can um, use in knowing how we are wired and how we relate to others. So um, so just to our listeners, um, I think, and I'm pretty sure that Michelle's probably had has landed on maybe some things that kind of resonated with you if you've not taken the Enneagram and, and, um, and so encourage you to take the assessment. But um, just want to encourage you um, to continue to explore your family, why you're in the family you are, um, how we can best communicate and and encourage and walk alongside other family members. So um, we thank you for your time. In the next podcast, we're going to uh, begin to explore more of the Enneagram and how it affects our families. And uh, it's a privilege to have you with us today. And don't forget, wherever you are as a family is a good place to start. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.